Yes, welcome in everyone. Another week closer to the NFL Draft. This is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Yes, another week of the off-season in the books. Thank the Lord we are getting closer to a new season kicking off. So welcome the boys in. Let's get straight into it, Tim. Evening, mate. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, it's uh, National Puppy Day today, or the day we were recording, and um, I'd just say, like to say it's uh, the puppy that I have bought is keeping me up every night, so my sleep has deteriorated. Uh, so I, I kind of know what it feels like to have a baby now. Um, so yeah, shout out to, shout out to Darcy. Shout out to Darcy, absolutely, mate. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly not as bad as a baby, mate. Let me tell you, after having that experience twice, so you enjoy the puppy, mate, while you can. Steve, how you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I don't have any kids or puppies, so I don't know what that feels like. But winning. Am... you're winning at life. Yes, I think so. I am sporting Kurt's <laughs> jersey because I don't know how much longer he's going to be an eagle for, so I can sob into it one more time. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the transitional off season continues with Philly, doesn't it? Well, um, let's let's talk uh, transitions, fellas. Obviously, we said that free agency. Obviously, we expected quite a lot of activity in the first wave. It's kind of drawing to an end. You could almost say the first wave has drawn to an end now, and obviously, teams will be shopping in the bargain basements. Obviously, there's been a number of moves that have gone down since we last recorded. Um, let's get a bit of an update and some of the guys that you think have been good fits and good signings since last week. So Tim, let's flip it over to you, mate. What, uh, what bit of business has caught your eye? Yeah. Um, well, the one thing I will say, despite the Texans signing 50 million people to one year contracts, um, I didn't, I wasn't able to manage to find any that I actually liked, but um, yeah, we'll move that. We'll maybe find for a Texans podcast a bit later on in the off season. And um, what I really did like, um, Juju Smith used to, I know the wide receiver market was a bit, um, was a bit placid, was a bit quiet and kind of, you know, apart from Kenny Golladay's huge move, um, there wasn't really a lot of money to go around, was there? So I really liked, um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, from a team perspective, Juju Smith-Schuster's um, deal was, was pretty good, you know, purely for the fact that he, yeah, he's not a one, in my opinion. Um, so for him to, you know, if he went to a team like the Jets or something where he's going to be asked to get be the one, I don't think he would have uh, succeeded too well and he'd been a waste of money. But to go back for a, for an $8 million deal, um, obviously you can test the, you can go back again to the market next year when you know the billions of dollars that's been in, into the Sally crap that's that, that, that's coming um obviously he might get his payday then um but the, the other one I thought as well was, was really decent for in terms of money wise Anthony Harris as much as I hate to say it to the Eagles he's a really good uh, guy on the back end there so I uh, won't enjoy uh Dak Dak trying to avoid him too much but um yeah those are the kind of the two that I that I thought were pretty good since we last spoke yeah, I've got to be honest, mate. I wouldn't give you eight quid for Juju Smith Schuster, but that's just my own personal opinion. Steve, how about you, mate? Anything catch your eye? I think Juju's played that market quite well because he gets his, he stays where he is. He gets a decent deal, and the next year, like Tim said, he can earn his earn his millions then if he has a good season. Um, but sticking on the wide receiver topic, I would say I, I love the Curtis Samuel pickup. Again, I echo Tim's sentiment that I don't like that it's a, a fellow NFC East rival, um, but I think it's a really really good pickup from from Washington. It's, and it's a pretty good contract as well. Three years, thirty four and a half million dollars, eleven point five. Per year, so yeah, I, th- I think that's a good contract and a, a guy that's got some real pace and and speed and can really add to that to that uh, Washington deep threat as well. 
Mm, for me, I think Washington. Um, I know. I know one of our guys, Josh, put out some graphs saying on who's improved the most and stuff. But um, I think Washington are probably one of the best or the most improved teams. I think yeah, from free agency, obviously William Jackson. Uh, they've added on the, on the back end of of that defense. It's got obviously a staunch defensive line. Um, let's say Curtis Samuel um, to go to go with Tevin McLaurin. They've, I will, they've got a quarterback. Obviously, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is is no Joe Montana or Patrick Mahomes, but um, yeah, Brandon Scherf obviously being re-signed. Um, yeah, I just think they've had really good off uh, a really good off season, a good free agency. I, I think again, I, I mean, I'd say to the cows going home, it's just a shame that they won that division because they could be you know in the, in ripe in the picking for for a good QB and they they could be on the way to the Super Bowl personally. But that's what happens when you win the NF- NFC East, isn't it? I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure we're going to have this debate all throughout the off season. You two would have both loved to have won the NFC East last year. I don't care what either of you would have said. Yeah, but, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, but from a Dallas perspective, though, from a Dallas perspective, well, obviously with that, no Dak Prescott, but we don't like. It doesn't we don't we don't need a quarterback? Like we don't. It is what it is. Like, Washington, I just think they just put themselves behind the eight ball. Just we, we have to see, like, because obviously we'll see what obviously they do next season if it will goes pear-shaped with Fitzpatrick. But, um, yeah, in- really interesting. Unfortunately, it's going to be a couple of years until we see the ending. Yeah, we might well come back and circle to a conversation on the NFC East a little bit later on because lots of moves going on there. But, Steve, I think you've got a team outside of the NFC East that you think is probably the most improved overall. Yeah, I have. And I'm, I'm going to go to, to your favourite uh, team in the Cleveland Browns. I think their, their signings have sort of flown under the radar a little bit and they haven't really been sort of top headline news because they haven't paid out millions and millions of dollars. But um, the two cornerbacks that you picked up, uh, the Troy Hill deal especially is such a good deal. Two years, $9 million. Um, he's not even in the in the top 40 paid cornerbacks. Um, but yet in the last two years, he's the 14th ranked coverage cornerback. So like that's such a good deal to sign him to and to get more, more depth in that cornerback room is excellent considering... Um, Delpit coming back from injury as well, uh, and as well we we which touched on it last week, um, but the John Johnson deal as well. Um, that's I think that's a really really smart pickup. So I think if Cleveland can can improve on that defense, and then as well with parts coming back on the offense, and especially OBJ if he comes back and he can improve, which is almost like a like a new signing, so to so to speak, to coin an English phrase. Um, yeah, I think I think the Browns could could really make a push for it this year and and mm-hmm. challenge at the top of that division. Well, one thing I would say though is you can never trust someone that's got their first name in their second name. So John Johnson, like, I can't, can't trust him. <laughs> uh, I, I will certainly trust uh, John Johnson based on his play. I think I think just on Troy Hill as well, mate. You mentioned there the 14th ranked cornerback. If you actually just take sl- um, snaps from the slot, which is effectively where he's likely to line up for the Browns on the current depth chart, he'd probably be the starting slot corner. He's actually the number one ranked cornerback from the slot as well. So, like, say for the money that they're paying in a in a starting position, effectively these days, isn't it? Slot corner. I mean, it used to be, you know, occasionally teams would go into the the nickel and dime packages. Let's face it, everyone's basically in nickel permanently as a base now, aren't they? So Troy Hill will see plenty of action, and like I say, uh, the number one rated slot corner. So an absolute steal, like you say, for the Browns going up, there. Going up against Juju. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok. Go on. Go on. Bring it on, mate. Cannot wait. Bring it on. Uh, Tampa Bay complete their. Um, 
I wouldn't say rebuild, restock, retool, whatever you want to call it. I'm sick of hearing the hashtag run it back. That has got to be put to bed. That is an awful hashtag. I know it was the Chiefs one last year. I don't know why everybody seems to want to follow suit on that. But yeah, Tampa Bay re-signing Gronk to a monster deal and everybody else pretty much now signed back up. So they're quite impressive that they've brought the band back together. But all I would say is to everybody from Tampa that's almost celebrating the second Super Bowl already, Bernie Moore and the Chiefs did exactly the same thing last year. And that didn't quite work out in the end. So they do say if you're only uh, staying static, you're probably going backwards. So yeah. would have liked so, personally to have seen a couple of additional pieces as well as retaining what they had. Talking talking of uh, phrases that you hate, you said you hate running back. I hate getting the band back together. That really really pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll use that next next week then to introduce this podcast when we all get back, <laughs> back on the screen. Um, obviously, fellas, like I said. Um, Still some moves probably to be made this second wave of free agency, particularly this year. People expecting further roster cuts. Obviously, the draft will shake things up more once teams obviously select their rookies and who knows how the draft boards will fall out. Teams may end up picking from positions they didn't necessarily expect to be based on the value that's there at the time. I think we're still going to see plenty of churn on the rosters. There's obviously still a number of guys that are out there as free agents currently. Um, Tim, anybody that uh, in particular you think might end up as a good fit somewhere? Yeah, obviously, Trent. One of my predictions was uh, Trent Williams to to the Colts. Obviously, Trent Williams signed that massive deal for, to stay with the Forty Nine ers. I called Ryan Fitzpatrick to the uh, to the football team. Didn't I? Um, I, I just think uh, I know the I think the Colts signed a left tackle today, but he's not pulling up any trees. So I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Eric Fisher is obviously coming off the Achilles or, or uh, Schwartz uh, to maybe to wind up there. But I'd, I'd still expect uh, the Colts. Something uh, cowboy, cowboy wise, obviously you can see Keanu Neal join as joined us from the from the Falcons. Don't be surprised if uh, you see some another Falcon join join the secondary. Yeah, we'll be interested. Apologies for a little uh, jingle play there. Click the wrong button on my uh, on my keyboard. Sorry, Tim, if I cut you off mid sentence. Steve, have you got uh, <laughs> a free agent that you're looking at? Yeah, I think I mean there's uh, Richard Sherman is someone that's 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 probably at the top of most people's remaining free agent boards. Um he's a big name. He's coming off a bit of an injury plagued um 2020 season, but he's probably still that a big name that some defenses are going to be looking to add. Um I think someone will make a, a splash uh, and I think Dallas could be that team potentially. They've got potentially Jeez. Just, just enough cap space to bring him in and he's at that sort of mercenary stage of his career isn't he where he can just sign with whichever contender he thinks is is suitable until he's until he wants to hang his cleats up and, and call it a day um so i wouldn't be surprised if if he'll land up with it with a contender i think dallas could be a really interesting considering their their defense is is weak at the moment or in terms of of adding to that cornerback room is probably something they need to be prioritizing if not now but definitely in the draft so yeah i could see him landing uh somewhere um as well i think the cornerback market's been a really interesting one i think the, the bengals have just signed eli apple as well just now um about an hour ago so yeah the the cornerback market's starting to heat up especially after the uh the giants major signing yesterday as well yeah, yeah, Dory Jackson, yeah, another yeah. one of the the Titans uh, departing. Strange off season in Tennessee. They seem to have uh, lost more players than they've signed as well. Player that also could be on his way out of Tennessee, or certainly he's out. Whether he'll come back, very, very doubtful. Jadavian Clowney, uh, look out for him probably towards. Um, well, certainly the the very back end of free agency may well be even all the way to training camp before he ends up signing somewhere. Um, 
Carlos Dunlap, another one on the edge. Um, I'm sure he'll find a home before the season starts. So plenty more to look forward to in terms of free agent moves. Um, as I said last week, um, you know, plenty of teams will have got their cap number right for the start of the league year, and now it will become completely irrelevant again. Spend as much as you want and worry about it again in about 360 days' time before they need to get back under the threshold. So plenty of money will be splashed around. And just to echo what Tim said, if you didn't hear about it, new TV deal announced 11 years Oh, what was it, 200 and something ridiculous billion? I can't remember the exact number, but uh, let's put it this way. The salary cap will most likely be going straight back up next year. Um, and as we talked about on the pod two or three weeks ago, Amazon Prime is the official home of Thursday Night Football. So, yeah, got it here at first at the full 10 yards, as we like to do. Um, somebody that is making plenty of news for all the wrong reasons. I think we, we probably won't touch on the news. Obviously, I think most people would have heard Deshaun Watson. Obviously, lots of allegations coming out, fellas. I think you know it's only prudent that we don't probably comment too much on those rumours as such. But obviously, couldn't have come at a worse time for Deshaun. You know, obviously, you know, we'll let the legal stuff play out. But obviously, in the back end of this, he's still looking to be traded away by all um, accounts from the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans initially at the start of the off-season were pretty adamant that he was going nowhere and then that's sort of gone really quiet. There's there's probably every possibility that with what's going on, the Texans have got probably more appetite to trade him now, I would guess. But obviously, you know, is the market going to be there for him? So we're talking about one of the premier quarterbacks in the game. Obviously, the stats for last year, career highs for Watson in a number of personal categories in terms of his passing yardage, in terms of his completions, in terms of his touchdowns. It's absolutely unbelievable, fellas, when you look at that for a statistical season. That that thing that's <laughs> on the top there, that four and twelve record. Yeah. It's it is just absolutely unbelievable. It's statistically one of the best seasons in NFL history. Um and the team only gets to four wins. Um so happens when you throw it to nobody, isn't it? Well, it doesn't help. It does uh, it does have its impact, doesn't it? But uh Let's get your thoughts, fellas. Steve, do you think he still gets traded or do you think ultimately now this stuff that's going on off the field holds it all up and everybody will just sit tight and see what happens? Yeah, those stats are astonishing, aren't they? Especially because they didn't have uh, Hopkins there either. That's absolutely astonishing. And they only managed, uh, they, I think they're, they're due, they were due to pick third until they traded it away to Miami. So, yeah, <laughs> then have the stats that he had was insane. Um it, it the noises that are coming out of it, and and if you followed NFL for long enough, you begin to understand that that when noises start to come out of a team as long as they do like they have done for this long, you you understand that eventually it will lead to this happening, and I think eventually he will go. It, just a case of to who and when, and for how much. Um, he obviously doesn't want to be in Houston. And having just experienced this for the last three months with Carson Wentz as a, as an Eagles fan, like this eventually leads down one road. And I was adamant for for a month and a half that Wentz didn't want to go and wouldn't go, and he did. And and look what's happened. And and we and we got very little for him really in comparison. So I think I think he will go when that happens. I think we're still we're still in for another few months of it yet. I think I wouldn't be surprised until it's after the draft. Um, I've I've read um. Uh, a couple of things of um, NFL's Aaron Wilson said that the Eagles, Panthers, Jets, Dolphins, 49ers and Broncos are all still interested in a potential trade uh, despite his pending lawsuits. Um, 
there's obviously talks that they, they expect that it ends in a trade, and especially with the acquisition of, of Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, he's not really a starting caliber quarterback, but it's a pickup of a quarterback. Are they planning for the future without Watson? You know, um, yeah, I think eventually it does. I think all roads lead to this eventually. Mm. I think I think the Tyrod to pick up is just in case he might get maybe they just they knew he might get suspended because obviously you know whether regardless of whether or not he gets done in the civil courts, you know the NFL like with Zeke Elliott, they can just decide to ban ban him for however many games they want. So maybe it's just because of that um i don't think he'll get traded this season i think he'll go next season now uh so it, the whole thing just stinks it's the epitome of the, the houston texans uh it's just a strange it's a strange time to come out before the draft you know the one month window of for free agency and doing you know where teams can do your trades and all the rest of it and you know the person that started is like the next door neighbor to, to someone or whatever you know, cam is it McNair, I think he's like, like the next door neighbor or something. It just all it just all stinks. And then like not that I want to put down, you know, the people that are coming forward because it's it's hard enough for those people to come forward and to say what they've saying. Um, but you do tend to find, especially when you and you know, you've got your superstars that you know, you get one or two that bandwagon on. And I'm not accusing them of doing that, but I'm just, you know, you know, you know, you know what it's like. You know, this is this is the world we live in. So uh, again, you know, we don't know we won't probably know until another year or two because you know this can drag on and get delayed, and you know, you think of Elliott's was just like one little misdemeanor and that went on for like a year or two years so um yeah not great for Deshaun Watson obviously he wants to pursue it just to clear his name because he says he's innocent but um yeah reading some of the stuff again unfortunately it's just probably going to just turn into a, a case of his word versus theirs and yeah again that's the main reason why get late let you know, females don't come forward for, for these types of cases so uh hopefully it just gets done quick as quick as possible because no one wants to read it we want to read about Watson throwing for you know however many touchdowns he threw last season and rather than the other stuff so I think I think what's really interesting on this, just sorry, just to quickly jump in there, um, is is not necessarily would Watson be traded, but more would a team pay what it's going to cost to get him? Like if if we last week we talked about Russell Wilson that being three first rounders, a third rounder, and two starters. So is Deshaun Watson four first rounders, a, a third rounder, and two starters? Like what what is it going to cost to get him? And would any team realistically upfront that he's had an ACL tear once? What happens if that happens again next year? Like all of that draft capital down the drain, and the Texans are laughing. You know. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, questions to be answered. Obviously, the talent and like so we put those stats up earlier. Like so, career highs near, near, you know, nearly enough knocking on the door of five thousand yards, thirty-three touchdowns. He, he still definitely he's going to have a market. Oh, and you just gave us a laundry list there, Steve. Teams that are potentially still interested despite all this stuff going off the field. Um, you know, I think the I think the fact that the Texans have so little draft capital of their own obviously doesn't help them either. Teams will know that they are probably desperate to get some capital back to retool. So just not a great situation there. And uh, like you say, we'll see how it plays out. A team that potentially would have been interested in him is the Washington football team. Um, we talked about the NFC East briefly when we were talking about free agency. We think that some of the teams there have had a pretty good um, free agency period. It obviously got ridiculed last year, fellas. You two both fans of teams in that said division. Um, simple question. Is it going to be any better next year? Yeah. Can't be any worse, can it? Um, no, I, I think it, the NFC East, again, probably with my rose tinted glass, me out and John's on, um, I think it's going to be fascinating next year. Next year, and like, I always look forward to the NFC. So I know it was crap last year, but at least it was still close and competitive. And like I say, every team could have won it, still won it in week sixteen, week seventeen. But um, I think yeah, we, we've mentioned Washington. Obviously, Dallas have signed Dak, and 
doing whatever they're doing. Um, and, you know, the Giants, I think, have had, have had a really good uh, free agency as well. Uh, and then the Eagles, well, I'll let Steve talk about the Eagles. But, yeah, I just think that it sets up, you know, you look at the free agency additions there on the screen, you know, William Jackson, Kenny Golladay, um, you know, let's say I, Anthony Harris was one of my favourites as well. And, you know, you look at the draft picks on the right-hand side there, because obviously it was so bad last year, you're getting... High, you know, above you know, the top end of each round. Um, I, yeah, as the draft works, ideally you get the you, you get the better players, or you get to p- try and pick the better players. Um, so I, I think it sets up fascinatingly um, for for, for twenty twenty one. Obviously, I do hope that we do get a team that, that has a winning record. Obviously, now going to seventeen games, we can't have a an, an, an eight and eight record. Or Jason Garrett or Jeff Fisher. So it's uh, you do hope that at least one of the teams has a has a winning record. But yeah, I'm I'm very much already looking forward to to the nfc east yeah i think it should be better go on steve uh yeah i think i'd agree i think it definitely will be better because it can't get any worse than it was um i i would question whether or not the, the spending of some of the teams in the nfc's which only hasn't the eagles because they got any money spend um has been actually a bit misplaced like the uh, interestingly, the on on over the cap um, on free agency spending since the Super Bowl, the Cowboys, Giants, and football team are one, three, and four in terms of rank of free agency spending. So they have not been afraid to go out and spend. Obviously, the Cowboys, most of that is going to be Dak's contract, but you know they've not been afraid to go out and spend the money. Now, uh, has um, some of that money been spent wisely? I think in New York, perhaps not so much. Like I think the Adoree Jackson signing, whilst he's a good player, is he really worth the giant contract that they've just given him? Um, I don't think so. I think he's a good player, but I think they've massively overpaid. I think they've also overpaid for... Um, uh, Carl Rudolph as well, but you know they're going to improve, and I, I I would definitely say that the Giants have improved, just as the Redskins have. Uh, Redskins, sorry, beg your pardon. Hey, football, the football team have <laughs> improved as well. You know, uh, Fitzpatrick, yes, he's a quarterback, and yes, he tortures the Eagles every year, whoever he's playing for. But he's also thirty-eight, and what does he actually do for that team? What does he actually? How does he improve them after this year? Because he's only a one-year deal, and then they're not going to sign him again. So yeah, I think the NFC East will be better. Um, I've been reluctant to talk about Philadelphia too much, but I guess Philadelphia's biggest move this offseason was actually an outgoing rather than an incoming. And I think guessing getting Wentz off the books will benefit them more next year than it will this year. And looking at all of the stuff they had to do to get under the cap and the only addition being Anthony Harris, whilst I agree is a really good one, I don't think they're going to be up to much cop in the NFC East. And I think that the the Cowboys or probably the uh, football team are, are, are slated to probably win that. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles finish bottom again. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I, uh, I tend to agree in terms of some of the New York stuff. I personally love the Kenny Golladay signing. Really, really pleased for him. Although, obviously, Daniel Jones has now really got to step up to the plate. You know, you know, no more excuses there, Kenny. Um, you know, I think everybody would be in agreement that uh, the Giants went a little bit too soon with that selection in the draft. He's, he's now got to put up or shut up, hasn't he, basically? Um, he's certainly got the weapons around him. Um, let's have a look then, fellas, at the teams that finished worst in their divisions last year and who potentially has the best shot to turn it around. Obviously, all this is very early to predict. Um, you can see there the records of the teams that finished last in their respective divisions. Um, obviously, we talked about the Texans and their terrible record. It's always good when you've still got a team worse than you in your division. <laughs> and, of course, that's Jacksonville at 1-15. and 15. Uh, The Jets, obviously, picking up the last couple of wins at the back end of the season in the AFC East. 
And you can see the rest on there. Bengals, Broncos, Eagles, Lions, Falcons, 49ers. Um, quite simply, fellas, who do we think has potentially got the uh, opportunity here to go from worst to first? Steve, let's uh, flip it over, Matt. Let's start with yourself. It's it's definitely a difficult question because of those eight teams that finished last, if you look through all the divisions, pretty much every single one has got a team that stands out in that division that you would expect to win. So it's always it's always difficult to go from some worst to first. It's a it's a difficult um task in itself. But I would say of the eight, San Francisco most likely. Um I think San Francisco have got a really good squad and last year they were absolutely hammered by injuries. Um looking quickly through their injury list at last year at these following players spent some time on the injury, injured reserve. Jimmy Garoppolo, Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, George Kittle, Raheem Merster. Like, all of those players at some stage missed more than a couple of games. And they still managed to limp home to 6-10. and 10. Um, And whilst the NFC, NFC West is getting better every year, like Arizona looked like a contender, LA have added Matt Stafford, who knows what's going on in Seattle, but every year that division is competitive. So, yeah, I think the San Francisco will definitely be in with a shout and who knows what's going to happen at quarterback as well, for sure. Yeah, I know Tim's not a fan, but uh, Jimmy G's got him to one Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if they went uh, for a deep playoff for myself, let alone worse to first. Tim, how about you, mate? I mean, Jimmy G taking them is a bit of a stretch, but I'll let, I'll let that fly. Um, I think I think it's, it is it is difficult because, like I say, they, yeah, they, they, they would last for a reason. But it does happen more often than not, which is um, which is quite unusual. Well, it's mainly in the NFC East, let's, let's face it. Um, but I, I've picked Jacksonville. Uh, they're a young team. There's only two players on that roster at the moment, pending anything that's happened in the last 24, 48 hours that's over 30, year old, 30 years old. Uh, I've stretched that a little bit because there are a couple of 30-year-old guys on there, but yeah. You know, minute plate stats to, to fit my narrative, why not? Uh, but you've got you have, you know, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, you know, all but a Jacksonville Jaguar already. You know, if he can come in and do, you know, some good things um, that Justin Herbert did last season, or you know, just you know, he's, they've got the we- they've got the weapons there. You know, Marvin Jones, they brought in the veteran DJ Tark, and um, you know, obviously they've got a tight end, but they've got James Robinson, who was impressive last year. I know they've had a Carlos Hyde, who always seems to to get some sort of yardage. Um, but I think it's not necessarily maybe the 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 biggest leap that they need to to do to get to first because you can poke holes in quite a lot of the of the the, the other three. Uh, like I say with the Texans, they're just the Texans, and say if this Deshaun Watson stuff all comes down and he gets suspended ten games, the Texans are probably going to be picking top three again next season anyway. Um, you know, you've got the Titans. So you mentioned Sean quite a lot. The defenses seem to have gone out the exit door. Corey Davis has gone from the offense, whilst he's obviously not. You know. He's, he's not he's no Jerry Rice, but um well I did like the Josh Reddell signing there, but yeah, again, they're not it's just a bit it's a bit mere for me for the offense for the Titans. Uh and then obviously the Colts, it all depends on whether Carson Wentz remembers how to throw football properly. Um obviously they've got the weapons, they've got the team, the offensive line, whatever defense and whatever. Um but yeah, if you, you haven't got a quarterback, you're not gonna do very well. So um yeah, it's not necessarily that I think that the leap for Jacksonville will be will be vast. It's just the fact that they don't probably need to leap too far to be able to to go from last to first. Yeah, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence there, moves us nicely on to news about the draft, obviously announced this week um, that it will be some sort of back to normality at least, it will be held in Cleveland, it will be held in person, as opposed to Roger Goodell in his basement as it was last year with everything being held virtually, obviously going to be scaled back slightly, there'll be limited numbers of fans, um, prospects, etc. in attendance but obviously, good to see back to some sort of normality. Obviously, great for the, the city of Cleveland. Obviously, the, the draft being moved around in recent years, I think has been an excellent move by the league. It's obviously become 
an event, hasn't it? That's what the NFL does. It's become, let's face it, a three-day event now, hasn't it, as part of the off-season. Um, you know, various things that are going to be happening in a big stadium or stage built on the bank of Lake Erie. They better be hoping for some decent weather because that'll be uh, rather chilly for the prospects if it's not. Um, but yeah, good to see it back to normal. But the important business, Tim, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person or whatever, it doesn't really matter in terms of the format. Well, obviously, he's important. He's do teams nail their selections. You want to get one chance to obviously make your picks. Who, more than anybody, do you think it's important that they get it right during this NFL draft? Yes, it's, uh, well, obviously, everyone needs to obviously hit their draft picks. So I've got a, a bit left field, I think. Uh, I've gone for Miami um, purely because of the draft capital they've got. I mean, they've got what? The first, I think they've got f- five picks in the first 81 or the first three rounds or something like that. And I think, you know, for Miami, it's kind of a crossroads situation because if they nail this draft and they, they say they nail three or four out of the five that they selected, they, they can set themselves up for the next five, five six years. Uh, and I know that that's generally how the draft goes anyway, but you, you, you get what I'm trying to say. You have, you know, two has obviously got to take a little step forward as well. But if they if they screw up, say they miss on all five or they miss on four four out of five, it's going to be then quite difficult. They will then probably go re back into that cycle of you know mediocrity, and it's just like these seven nines, eight or well, whatever it is, ten and seven and tens or ten. Um, Throwing me off for the seventeen game week, I can't, can't even count. Um, yeah, I think if they get if they get this wrong, I know is the good work that Brian Flores and the team have done there. I just feel that if they miss on this one, it's, it could be something that that just stops them from ever getting to that next level for you know kind of the next cycle of NFL generations, if, if you like. Because obviously you've got Buffalo um, that have been. Kind of come to the fore where where the Patriots have kind of slipped, and you know the Patriots have obviously retooled a hell of a lot through free agency, battling the Texans for the most transactions. Um, so yeah, and the Jets again, they they they'll get a new QB, they've got the new head coach, they they've made they've made some really good off season uh, free agency signings. So I think it's really important for Miami just to keep pace with everyone else. I know they're they're kind of in a good position comparatively to maybe one or two of the others, but um, I think if they if they don't nail this draft, I think they could be in a bit of trouble. Interesting, you said there that Tua needs to take a step forward. Steve, he's part of Miami now in the draft actually picking another quarterback. <laughs> it's a good question, isn't it? They do have the third pick uh, on, on the draft. I actually, I actually think the draft last year was really good fun. I was really interesting to see all the teams, uh, the players in their actual homes with all their families. Uh, I thought that was good fun, but I, I'm disappointed we did miss out on the Vegas idea that they were going to have a boat carry the player across the Bellagio fountain to the stage. That would have been amazing. Like, could you imagine the big, like, offensive line that like 350 pounds trying to get on that boat and not falling in the water? Uh, make it happen. I would like the draft. I think it's got, is it going back next year to Vegas? I think. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I want that. To they should happen. get him in a canoe with an oar, shouldn't they? Like the, the lineman. The roar across did Roger Goodell. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a really good point about Miami, and, and and you make a good point about yes, hitting your draft pick seems like an obvious thing to say, but look at the um, the Titans' first round pick from last year uh, <laughs> has now been that was traded to the Dolphins and has since been cut because he's, his attitude is just not there. And apparently people were saying that he just didn't want to do it, didn't want to do the work, and now he's gone. And that's a first-round pick just lit on fire and he's gone. So it just shows how important it is to get all of your draft picks right. And uh, yeah, that's, that is an obvious thing to say. But what the team that I would go for is uh, Green Bay um, and, and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> 
um, because it, the time is ticking. Like Drew, like Drew Brees has just found out that the clock is ticking if he wants another one. And Green Bay has a good team. They've obviously now got a good head coach who, who's utilizing Aaron Rodgers in the right way. Um, that they've got Aaron Rodgers, I think, has got a thirty-seven million dollar cap hit this year. I think they have three and a half million dollars of spare cap room, so they don't have much room to work with. Um, and if they want to make this count, especially last year after picking no wide receivers in the first three rounds, you know, surely they've got to give him some more weapons, and surely they've got to they've got to just give that Green Bay team just that little bit extra to get them over the line. Because while Green Bay is usually a uh, a certain, a certified uh, route into the playoffs, and usually a bye week. Um, they always seem to stutter, whether or not it's the divisional round or the or the uh, the, the um, uh, NFC Championship. They just cannot get back to the ball game. So, yeah, I think it's it's Green Bay for me. Yeah, it'll be certainly interesting, like you say. Obviously, important for all the teams to hit on their respective draft picks. Just goes to show that doesn't matter where you're picking, as you say, even first rounders, no guarantee whatsoever. That's why you play to win your division, boys, and you don't worry about where you're picking your quarterback. But anyway, that debate will rumble on, I am sure. Obviously, in terms of the NFL draft, good time for us to mention the brilliant guide that the lads over in the college side of things have put together for you, available now digitally and very shortly will be available as a physical copy. Head over to full10yards.com forward slash shop and you will be able to purchase either the digital only or the physical with the digital copy included. Also, um, tons of players scouted for you there. Yeah, absolutely. So just shout out, just uh, if you head over to Full Ten Yards Twitter or the college, the college run at uh, Full Ten Yards CFB, there's a there's competition where we're giving away five digital copies as well. So go and give it a retweet, go and give us a follow, and you can win. There'll be there'll be plenty. There's there's plenty of competitions and ways you can win win a copy if you don't necessarily want to buy one either. That's very true. But if you do buy one, you're giving into Britball, which obviously would be a great thing to do. So buy one and try and win one and give that one away. There you yeah. go. Best of there both worlds. Yeah. Best of both worlds indeed. Uh, obviously, as it's the off-season, we're not stopping talking and the lads are not stopping writing either. Check out the recent articles from Josh, Sean and Alex. All good stuff coming out and we'll continue to do so over the course of the coming weeks. Us three will no doubt be back next week. I'll get the band back together for you, Tim, some point next week. Uh, potentially might even get Ben back into the fold uh, while he sorts out his technical issues and his very, very long work weeks. Um, that's all I will say on that. Any man that works as many hours as he does deserves a pay rise, and I'll leave it at that, Ben. Hope you're doing well, my friend, and look forward to speaking again soon. But Brilliant. that's it. That's it for us from this week. So it's goodbye from Tim. See you later. Goodbye from Steve. Farewell. And it's goodbye from me. Remember, full 10 yards, all for the game, all for Britball.